thank you to our listeners from around the world and survivors from all spaces and walks of life for sharing your stories responsibly. The Uni Podcast is now an affiliate of the Mental Health News Radio Network, the only podcast network in existence, serving as a beacon for mental health and wellness information, testimony, and resources. Welcome to the Uni Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca McCall, and today our journey begins in the fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, and it takes us across the globe to connect with heroes in their own rights in the space of suicide prevention to help us reach a cure for suicide. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Uni Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca McCall. Today, we have a special guest, Lionel, a.k.a. L. Rich, in the building we are in here in the studio at GTV Radio, GTV Studio. So excited to be able to talk to you, a musician, bringing a musician into the conversation about mental health and wellness, suicide prevention, um, but just more, more important than anything else, what makes somebody a survivor and uh, how we're surviving out there because it's important for the uni audience to know, um, to be able to see other survivors out there doing their thing uh, give us ideas, give us hope, give us inspiration to be able to survive on our own. Um, these are trying times, Lionel, trying times. I, I want you to start off just talking to the audience directly. Let them know, you know, we got, we got L. Rich, your, your music persona. That's what, that's what you're known yeah. uh, for in the industry. But outside of that, you know, once the track stops, you know, once we're, we're all zeros, you know, what, it's Lionel. Who is Lionel? Yeah, who's behind the scenes? Yeah. Well, thank first and foremost, thank you for having me yes, again. Sir. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, L. Rich is what you started with, so I'll go with that first and foremost. Um, that's my artist alter ego. Uh-huh. That's what I go by as a creative when it comes to rapping um, and doing lyrics. So that's just an expression of my experiences. Okay. Um, but on the back end. Um, my experiences come through who I am personally, right? So Lionel, um, that's what everybody has known me by up until this point. Right. L. Rich is something I created actually a few years ago. So I'd say 2014 is right. when that was coined. Um, but more recently, I've actually started dropping music publicly. Okay. Right? So I'm trying to shift this to where like people are understanding that brand and that persona. Yeah. And, um, you know, in order to have L. Rich, you need to have Lionel. Right. Right? Absolutely. So... The L stands for Lionel, uh-huh. for those of you who didn't know. <laughs> um, and Lionel is, you know, the individual who's a, a, a product of his family okay. and his environment growing up. And what, um, what does that look like? <laughs> family look like? Yeah, uh, so Where did from? My, my, my dad's from the Philippines. Okay. He moved to the U.S. when he was 14 years old. Okay. Didn't speak a lick of English. Mm-hmm. Um, he came out here by himself. Um, he moved to Oahu, Hawaii. Um, an island um, in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> um, my mom was already living there. Okay. That's where she's been born and raised. And um, they're from a, a town called Wahiwa. Okay. So it's not necessarily beachside. It's very central of the island. Um, and, you know, over time, especially up until now, when I went there recently, mm-hmm. it's starting to get a little run down. Um, looking like a poor area of the island. Um, You know, what I realized is like walking around at night, there's like stray dogs out there. Um, Lots of people living under the bridge. Homeless, um, the homeless issue out there is is tremendous. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that or seen that anywhere, but, you know, that's... I've heard uh, a lot of homelessness, and I've heard a lot of uh, crystal meth abuse out there, too. Yep, so crystal meth is a huge issue out there, which is probably, you know, something that even caused that years later. Right. Um, You know, just walking around the neighborhood, I'm actually seeing, like, these buildings that are turning into basically projects. Yeah. So um, that's what they come from, right? Right. And I was talking to you about this a few days ago about the poverty in Manila. i never been there until recently. My dad never went back since he moved to America, wow. right? Working wow. on minimum wage jobs and stuff like that, raising a family of three children yeah. is probably tough to save money. <laughs> and I think a ticket out there when I bought him a, uh, a Christmas gift, it was like $2,000 per person. What? Yes. Yeah, so wow. I could see how that's tough to save up and want to do a round trip flight right. to go back home. So 
I think it was two or three Octobers ago, I took him back to the Philippines. And rather than staying in like the areas with the nice resorts and the casinos and all that, I asked him to take me straight up like to where he's from. Yeah. Yeah, see what's going down over there. And, you know, just from observing from a from an outside perspective coming from the States and even Las Vegas, which is very, very new city in comparison to to the U.S. in general, right, right. Um, you're seeing things like people using tarps on the side of their walls or like their roofs are made out of sheet metal. Yeah. And that's like a normal yeah. thing. <laughs> so um, I think just coming from that kind of, uh, my parents coming from that kind of background and then coming to Vegas, they instilled a lot of, um, uh, I'd guess say lessons for me about frugality, not spending a bunch of money. Right, right. Um, turning off the lights every time you leave the room, right. not wasting water while you're brushing your teeth. And it's like trying to penny pinch everything yeah. when it comes to food. Don't waste it. You eat your whole plate. Right. right? right. So, um, and culturally I can relate. Man. Yeah. I, mean, I, I still have my grandmother's voice in my head. Like close the door. You're running. The I love it. Bill, you know, like yeah. everything is, is so conscious about, you know, where their money's going. Exactly. You know I mean? So, so, so I'm glad there's other people out there that, that have seen, understand that. Yeah. So especially for those listening, if you've been through that, this is going to be a great conversation, I I feel like, between you and I and everyone else joining in. Yeah, 100%. So your parents come to the Ninth Island. Yep, (laughs) Vegas. uh, And where do they go? Where do they go? Um, They moved to Henderson, Nevada. Okay. Um, Now, looking back that I'm older, it was the house did belong to my grandpa. Okay. Who's now passed away. He owned a few investment properties out here. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome that we were able to live in one of his homes, right? And that the home was in Henderson, Nevada. So one of the wealthier cities in the Southern Nevada. Area. Correct. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm more than thankful. Um, now that I'm older, I realize the resources that I have in comparison to what they had. Right. Right. And uh, one thing I realized growing up, though, living in Henderson is my household, my upbringing, my belongings are very different than those around me. Okay. So even in my general neighborhood, you're looking at cars down the street that are like, yeah, those are nice. Yeah. And I'm looking outside of my, my driveway, and I'm like, that's a, I, we're rocking the 1985 Crown Victoria. That's right? Crown, yeah. yeah. Um, we called it the boat. The boat? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knew the boat. And, you know, some days when that car broke down, we have no car. Right. And to the point where you had to sell it or you go find a new one, or it's in the shop trying to get fixed, and you're spending more money to maintain it than the car even costs yeah. in general. Yeah. yeah. So there was many times where we'd be taking a family trip to the store on the bus, all hands on deck, you got to carry groceries, bring it back to the yeah. crib. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, again, being living like that, living in Henderson, and then going to spend the night at someone's house on the weekend after, you know, Friday after school, and then you're realizing that, like, oh, they've got four cars. Up in here. They got two in the garage, two in the driveway. Right. The mom's got a car. The dad's got a car. The older brother's got a car. Um, you start to realize that, like, man, um, I'm glad to even be here, one. But, yo, it's really different at my, <laughs> at my house. Is way, it's way different. Right. So, yeah, the comparison thing. So comparison, I I already know kind of where where this goes because (laughs) when you talk about like health and wellness, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I even want to get into... um, I can already see where you're going with this. Yeah, no, what it was like growing up. Like, so I'm thinking about today's youth, right? Yeah. Today's youth and the ones that are struggling and that are suffering right now, um, you you see kind of a commonality. Like if a young person, if a student doesn't have uh, the latest iPhone, if yeah. they don't have the latest pair of Jordans, if they don't have, you know, four cars in, in, at their house, you know, 12 TVs, all this stuff. Yeah. If they don't have all that, then they are targeted. You know what I mean? Targeted for, for bullying, targeted for, um, you know, just feeling less than and like they don't belong. You yeah. know what I mean? A self-target. One that you put upon yourself where you're thinking you're not as good as everybody else. Yeah. So, so tell, me right? about, tell me about your struggles with this. Like, how, when did you know that it wasn't a good idea, it wasn't healthy for you to start comparing yourself, your life, your circumstances to others? At first, I didn't even realize it. Okay. I would go to other people's houses and then, I mean... No offense to my parents whatsoever. They gave it the best that they got. Sure, sure. But I'm getting, you know, going over on the weekend, and they put out a plate, and I'm just scarfing it down yeah. type thing. And then 
as I got older, I was realizing like people's parents be like, Lionel, you can come over anytime, yeah. eat whatever you want. Yeah. And now I'm thinking back, it's like, oh, they were just trying to help out. Right. Potentially. Right. Right. I don't know if they knew what was going on back at home or if they can just observe it through my behaviors. Mm -hmm. But I'm appreciative that every time I went somewhere, I was welcome with open arms. Yeah. And so I didn't even put two and two together earlier on. I was just thinking that people are super nice out here. Yeah, no, it really is a nice place. So um, I think we were talking about the comparison thing is when I finally started to realize it was when I got older. Mm -hmm. So in high school, I'd say early high school, when I was like, hey, all my friends are getting cars. Talking to my mom, like, when am I getting my first car? Right. And it's like, oh, you got to get a job and get your own car. Right. I'm not buying you. Like, we have a car. It's a family car. We share it. Like, if you right. want to drive it, it's when I'm not driving it. But you're putting gas in there because when I get back, I need to drive it to work. Right. <laughs> right. So when I got older is when I started realizing everyone got an iPhone. I didn't even have a phone at the time. I was doing the uh, uh, Verizon flip phone. Uh -huh. And then I was working my own money to buy prepaid phone cards. And you remember what that is? Yeah, yeah. So you'd have to load the minutes on there. Yep. And then people would be calling and texting like, dude, this, this girl <laughs> needs to stop texting me. She's using up all my minutes. Uh -oh. Like, <laughs> I'm going to just have to talk to her at school tomorrow. Right. <laughs> so, so now it's yeah, life. high school yeah. is definitely when I started to realize it's like, hey, I don't have what everybody else has. Yeah. And now these kids are starting to get all these nice things like cars and phones and like, all right, I need to take it upon myself to go get it because my parents, I've started to realize like, I'm not just gonna, it's not gonna get handed to me. Right. Yeah. So now it's time to go get it. Yeah. Um, Lionel, tell me, <laughs> um, in high school, did other students bully you or ever comment on what you didn't have? You know, I, I hit it very well. So I, I talk about this in some of my songs, like I was out there stealing from the mall. Unfortunately, like I hate to say it cause like I wouldn't do that now, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I wanted to fit in so bad at the time. Mm -hmm. I was just like, all right, I'm going to wear these old shoes into this store. I'm going to walk out their new shoes, put my old shoes in the box. Yeah. <laughs> box. Yeah. And, you know, I'd show up to school with some new kicks, but that's how, that's how I, like, stayed in the right. know, you know. So with the, uh, even the flip phone, like, it looked like everybody else's phone. People just didn't know it was prepaid minutes on right. there and text messages. They thought it might probably just assumed I was on a plan just like they were, right? right? Um, so, you know, a few things I do look back on is, like, I didn't have glasses for a while, but I needed them, right? I, I had fell on my skateboard, chipped my front tooth, yeah. and my whole, one of my teeth was out. If you look at it, like, one of these is fake. <laughs> um, my sophomore, after freshman year of high school, I went around the entire freshman year with only one front tooth. Wow. And I would hide it by like smiling, like not a full smile, like one yeah. of these. Yep. <laughs> and like always looking down when I'm talking to people and stuff. But that summer I was like, all right, I got to work. Yeah. And I don't even think I was old enough to work at the time. I was only 14 or something. So I was working under the table for a restaurant, mm -hmm. washing dishes in the back, and I saved every dollar because I didn't have insurance through the dental or whatever. Yeah. And so I, I got charged the full like 1800 or whatever it was, like 800 to a 1500 somewhere around like the $1,000 yeah. mark is what they charged me to fix my tooth. And, and I just pulled out straight more. cash, like a stack of like 20s, 1s, 5s. A 14-year-old right? paid for your own yeah. dental freshman, French Freshman summer, that's wow. what it was. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so the glad, yeah. is that you, you get a job, you, you change your mentality to, I'm just going to go get it for myself. You get a job, you're washing dishes, and instead of as soon as you get paid, it's like, oh, now I'm going to have the shoes, now I'm going to have the phone, you start taking care of your own, like, dental, you know? <laughs> I never even thought about it like that. But, you know, I was embarrassed of having that, so I was like, I need to fix this first. <laughs> first. Yeah. 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 So did you have um, like almost like a list or, or things in your mind that you knew you wanted to take care of? So as soon as you got your, your paper right, you were just knocking stuff off the list? or I mean, that, That's happening until today. Yeah. That's happening until today. Like number two on my EP that just came out. Again, she was saying I'm a musician. Uh -huh. L. Rich, look me up on Spotify. <laughs> um, Apple Music, whatever. Um, I think it's track number two. It's called Moody. Okay. 
Okay. And it's kind of like me just ranting about all these things that like I had to, to go through in my life. And the, I think the last portion of the song is like, it took five years of working to build up my studio, finally get the shit right. I'm playing catch up to all of these rappers. I'm finally going to call it a night. Yes. And so even the studio that I just put together in these recent times is something that's been on my checklist since forever. Right. Right. So it went like the clothes and the cell phone, then the laptop, then the car, then the house. Glad, like super fortunate again, lots of resources, use my networking abilities to my fullest potential. And I recently bought a house. That's something what? that I look back at as like, dang, before I was trying to find a place to live, now I have my own house. You bought a house. <laughs> yeah, so. How old are you? 28. 28. I told myself I'm going to do this all by the time I'm 30. I set the deadline of 30 years old. Wow. I wanted to make $100,000 and I wanted to buy a house before I was 30. Whoa, we got to back up. <laughs> wow. Wow. So let's back up to you're in Henderson, the great yeah. city of Henderson, man. And. Family has one car. Some yeah. days, some days don't even have. Some that. days, bus. Yeah. You you're living in what you would consider to be poverty in in a wealthy area. Correct. I mean, uh, and when we talked before, I mean, you were telling me, uh, you know, lights was off some days. Correct. Uh, uh, water heater didn't Correct. have a water heater. Let me unspan on that real quick. Save yeah. that note though, so you don't get lo we don't get lost on where you're headed with that. Yeah. I do want to say it wasn't always like that, yeah. right? Like my parents did work on the strip for some point, but then there's layoffs, right? My, my mom was working for Allegiant and then they actually went bankrupt like during like 2008 or something because uh -huh. the economy was crashing. Yeah. You know, right when we get good again, it would just flip back over type right. of stuff. Right. So there was times that we didn't have the lights off for an entire year, but then there was times where I'd get home from school and then I'd go to do my homework and try to switch the light on and it doesn't turn on. So I'm using a candle instead. Right, because I got to turn in my homework the next day. So I don't want to say it was all bad, you know. Yeah. But there's times where there was like maybe like five years sprint where we didn't have gas. So we're cooking on electric stove. You're taking five cold years. showers only. It might have been longer, to be honest. Man. From what I remember, it was like end of elementary all the way until the beginning of high school. To where no gas. No gas. You, you, before you hit the shower... On the summertime in Vegas, you go for a quick run, and you get in the shower, it's like hopping into the pool. In the winter, you put a pot onto the electric stove, and you boil the water. Then you have this like big Home Depot type paint bucket. Yeah. You pour the hot water in there, and then you run into the cold water. You mix it up until it's like nice and warm. Then you have the smaller bucket inside of, inside of the big bucket, and you're using that basically to, to shower and not freeze because it's winter time. So... Again, I wanted to explain that more in depth, but I do also want to say, like, Mom, Daddy, if you guys are watching this again, it wasn't always like that, and I appreciate the good times, um, but I'm not oblivious to the rough times, and I think it did make me a stronger person. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, at some point, to see your parents work hard to try to prevent those types of situations, obviously, at some point, it was ingrained in you to, to strive for something better, you know what I mean, to continue to work. Like, your work ethic has to be just out of this world for you to be 28 and you're talking about you know from 14 paying your own dental bills and, and at 28 being a homeowner you know when when there's people much older than you that that that's been a dream their whole lives and they they have been unable to achieve that so super thankful by the way super how, thankful how, how attitude is, is gratitude you know and and but how did you get there like how did you do this what okay. is the formula for, for people that are listening? <laughs> I didn't have it figured out in college. I really didn't. I honestly, like, I, I'm not going to lie. I was faking it till I made it. And I would I, I, I consider myself pretty popular in college. Yeah. Right? I embedded myself. I involved myself as much as I possibly could. And I understood that networking and, and opening up opportunities gets you places. Mm -hmm. But in return... When these guys who are helping you out want something, you got to be able to spare some hours for them too, mm -hmm. or spare some resources or connect them to where they need to go to. Mm -hmm. So, live in like what I consider like, man, like uh, I got an iPhone now, you know, I've got a big house because I'm splitting it with five other friends from college, yeah. and it's only like a couple hundred bucks each, 
I've got a steady job that's getting me money. I felt like I was on top of the world, even though it was like only like a $10 an hour job or something. Right. And, and I was only working like 25 hours a week. And the car I was driving was like a 1992 Celica. I felt like I was on top of the world. <laughs> but my car was 24 years old. And I honestly thought I was like, I was like, oh, I'm already good to go. Yeah. Yeah. What was crazy is in 2012 or 2013, right in the middle of there, I got put in a reality check where like I wasn't on top of the world anymore. Okay. And so what ended up happening in college was I spent from 2010 up until 2013 roughly mm -hmm. um, working my way into the campus community. Mm -hmm. So I went from like a social chair, which is a pretty good position within like an organization in UNLV Greek life, so like shout out to the fraternities and sororities out there. Um, anyone who's affiliated with that, they know, you know that the more you put in, the more you learn. Right. So I was like, I'm gonna take a position every semester, mm -hmm. and I'm actually paying like 400 to $500 out of pocket to even be in this network. Wow. And I was saying to myself, if I can just work some extra hours and afford to be in this, I'm gonna help excel myself. Mm -hmm. And so, was social chair freshman year, Sophomore, I move into this role called VP of Recruitment. Okay. So vice president type of role, director type of role. And then the year after, I said, I'm going for president. So I was the president of the fraternity. I think at the time, on paper, we might have been the, the largest fraternity on campus. Wow. We were averaging like a 2.8 or 3.0 like GPA together, um, involved in lots of community service and philanthropic um, initiatives. Um, you were the president. Yeah. Sure. So we had won our first National Excellence, Excellence Award that year um, in, our, in our history for my specific chapter. chapter. Wow. Wow. And so you, that's why I was thinking, man, I'm living on top of the world. I got money now. I've got a nice house. I've got good friends that consider me family. I've got this big role. I've got two jobs. And overnight, pretty much, that was all taken from me. What happened? Um, that's right. I didn't talk to you about this in the past. <laughs> um, uh, we had uh, an individual who was a freshman mm -hmm. over at uh, a buddy's house who was in the fraternity, and he got intoxicated to the point where he needed to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And uh, he ended up, what is it called, alcohol poisoning? Yeah. And his dad was actually a tenured professor at the school. So once he found out about it, he actually called the president right away. Yeah. Um, and then the whole school got involved like right off the bat. Um, now, granted, I'll stick to this till the day I die. <laughs> um, I personally don't consider what they were doing a fraternity event. Right. They were over there with probably like four or five people, you know, some of them that lived at the house. Um, they were just playing video games and just drinking amongst each other. So they were considering a fraternity event like at the end of the day. I think it's just considered a kickback. Right. Um, you know, the initial reason why we started our hearing and probation with the school was they wanted to figure out what was all going on at the house. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, and fortunately, I ended up at the house at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. So the little brother that I took and it's like a mentorship program. It's yeah. called Little Bro. Um, the little bro that I took that year worked at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And the opening shift for Starbucks is like 5 a.m. or something. Yeah. And so I had set an alarm to take him home at like 4 in the morning. And we had left my house at like 3.30. Uh -huh. And I drop him off, and I'm passing by. I'm in Henderson, where the other house was that they were all at. Yeah. I'm passing by this house, which I hung out at all the time. And... At, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning for college students, people are still awake. Right. So I just literally drove past on my way home. If they weren't up, I was just going to go back home and go to sleep. But I saw the lights on, so I park, I get out the car, and I walk in there to say what's up on my way home, even if it was just going to be for five minutes. Right. What I walked into was, a, you know, this kid, very, very sick, like on the floor. Mm -hmm. And as the president, I instructed them, like, guys, we got to do something about this. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I'm not going to lie. I did tell them they had to take care of it because it was they, they were doing whatever they were doing. Right. It's like, you guys got to call an ambulance or someone's got to take them to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I have the capability of doing that, but I want to teach them a lesson. It's like you guys cause this. You want to. You got to be accountable. Right. Yeah. 
So uh, at the end of it, they're like, all right, let's call the ambulance. And then after a while, one kid says, like, you know what? No, I'll just take him. I haven't drinking. I'm sober. I'll just take him. Mm -hmm. And they don't know that if you call the police, 911, and it's ringing, and then you hang up, that it, they it's still come. come. Yeah. yeah. I know that. They didn't know that. The ambulance came as they were dragging him into the car. Now, the ambulance protocol at the time, what they're saying is um, if they're there and it's someone like that, like in that kind of condition, yeah. their protocol is they have to take them in their, in their car anyways because if something happens on the way to the hospital, they right. need to be able to treat it. Right. Um, when the school hearing happened, and, and we were talking about this portion of the events, is very misconstrued. They're thinking, oh, they called you over here to um, assist in the situation. Right. No, nah, I showed up voluntarily. That's right. a fact. Right. You know? Oh, you guys didn't want to take care of the situation. That's why you hung up on the 911. No, the reason why we hung up the 911 is because someone volunteered it. I know because I've been in, a, in, a, in an ambulance. Mm -hmm. Insurance doesn't cover that. I you pay for that. Exactly. Yeah, and my mom kicked my ass when I got called on the ambulance and didn't call her first. Right. So I'm over here trying to just spread knowledge and do the right thing. And in the long run, it's spun into you trying to hide it by calling, hanging up on 911. Um, why would you be over at someone's house at 3.45 in the morning? So, this is all bad. This is yeah, I mean, right again, at the end of the day, what ended up happening, the results were myself and then like two other people on the board were suspended from school for, I think as a semester or a year. Um, and then I worked on campus. So I had two jobs when I said, a little while ago, I had two right. jobs. So the two jobs I had was I was one of the freshman orientation leaders uh -huh. doing the campus tours. Uh -huh. And then when those tours weren't happening, I was the registrar assistant. Um, so the, the office that takes all the documents yeah. and shots to process everybody to get on campus. Yeah. Those are my two sources of income. School was the biggest thing in my life at the time mm -hmm. and really getting me to get on the right track versus like potentially like what some people in my high school were doing going down the wrong road. Mm -hmm. Um, and last but not least, the fraternity was something huge to me as a president. Sure. So you could imagine being, I think I was 22 at the time. Mm -hmm. All of that was taken to me overnight once the official hearing was over and it said, oh, this is the results, you're suspended, which means you can't come on okay. campus, means you can't work in your non-fraternity anymore. Um, long story short, <laughs> I know you asked me a question on how, how I got this mentality. I was mentioning that I wasn't always perfect. It took this catastrophe, like secondary, like I had rock bottoms before growing up, but this was a rock bottom to me as, a, as an adult that I had to face. And after that experience with everything getting taken away from me, I think I went into a deep, deep depression. Uh -huh. And to the point where I didn't want to hear what anybody's asking me, what's the story? What happened? It's like, man, I'm tired of telling it. Right. The alumni board of the fraternity is calling me saying, what are we going to do about this? It's like, man, like, everyone's calling me every day, every hour, trying to figure out what's happening next. What are we going to do about this? Right. What are you going to do about job? How are you going to pay us rent, the people that I was living with, right? And it's like, you just realize that my whole life got taken from me, and all you guys ever call me about is what I'm doing to help out with the paperwork at right. the school or the headquarter um, PR with the, uh, with the fraternity, like how are we gonna like save face in the, in the papers or whatnot? It's like, if you guys don't know my background, I already have nothing. <laughs> now I have nothing, nothing right. going for me. And all you guys are asking me is all these things. You're not even checking up on how I'm doing as a person. Right. I locked my- How were you doing as a person at this point? Terrible, yeah. I, I turned off my phone completely. I said, screw it. I closed my door. I stayed in my room. I only left to eat and grab a drink. I closed the blinds. It was dark for like seven days straight. Mm -hmm. Never left. Didn't want to deal with anybody or face the reality of why I actually had. It was my job to deal with that stuff, right? But I didn't want to. Yeah. So I locked myself away for a bit. I ended up like writing on like Facebook saying like I was considering suicide and at the time, I got multiple people, you know, getting back to me, like, with positive feedback, like, yo, you got this. Yeah. 
get through it. You know, call me if you need anything. You know, I'm willing to let you borrow money, whatever you need to yeah. get through this. My time to help you with all the paperwork and everything that's going on with the uh, school situation. Yeah. So it was nice to know that people were there. Man, I'm, man, from what I'm hearing, even when you don't have it to give, you've been a giver your whole life, man. And then this terrible thing happens and you still have people with their hands out, you know? No, it was very nice to have, um, it was very nice to have people there for me and make me realize that I didn't need to end it there. Because at the time, I felt like that was the easier route, right? Not having to face all the stuff. Because, like, if I just take this route, then I don't got to deal with it anymore. Yeah. Which is crazy because, like, I'm talking about, like, me in college, living in a nice house. Like, what, why would I be considering that? I've been through worse in the past. But I guess um, since I was an adult at that point and I had to actually be the one dealing with it, I finally realized, like, yeah, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And so I'm starting to think to myself, like, do I even want to take leadership positions anymore? You know, when the repercussions happen, you got to be the one to step up. Yeah. And uh, it took a lot of time yeah. to get past that. And uh, from there, I found, like, new family and uh, new people that would take me in, new people I could be affiliated with that, that would um, help me get through those times. And I think after I got through those, <laughs> that's when I built the mentality. Um, and I'm willing to talk about that more in depth on, on how I started thinking um, in a more strategic way that's in a positive manner yeah. um, after I take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah, no, take, take a minute, man. Yeah. Thank you for listening to that. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. There's no doubt in my mind that at, the, at minimum, one person is going to be touched. One person is going to hear this and be like, oh, my God, like I, I have been going through the same thing or I feel the same way. And you're going to change somebody's life. You're going to save somebody's life. You know, I, I actually, when I knew I was having the opportunity to do this, I went into my Facebook to see if I actually kept that post up. Did you? I, I didn't. Okay. I took it down. I guess I was ashamed of it at the time and the way I was thinking about myself and my life. But, um, you know, now that this is going out there and we're going to share it publicly and I'm going to help promote uni yeah. and vice versa, like, if you were one of those people that wrote on that post or called me or reached out, like, I truly do thank you. For real. And it's so important for people to hear you right now that taking the time to respond with love and compassion can save a life and it saved your life. Because too often, especially when you're talking about the book, man, people jump on there and, and they may judge or they may, you know, before trying to understand somebody else's position, they already have their opinion about it. But the yep. people that reached out to you with love and compassion saved your life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I needed to know I had that support, you know? Yeah. Especially after locking myself in my room for a week, I started to, like, spiral out of, like, a downward rabbit hole, you know? Yeah. So. So let's talk about yeah. the survivor, the birth of the survivor. Okay. Yeah. I think after that is when I finally realized, yeah, I have a work ethic. Yes, I understand where I come from and where I want to go. Mm -hmm. But it took something like that to really put me in check and realize I'm not... Um, what do you call that? Uh, I'm not invincible. Yeah. And actually, I needed that. You know, I needed to know that I wasn't invincible because now I approach things extremely differently. Um, afterwards, it was really tough to sleep. Mm -hmm. And actually, <laughs> even when you actually sleep, then you don't want to get out of bed. So it's kind of funny. You stay up all night thinking, but when it's time to actually get out of bed, you don't even want to wake. Right. <laughs> so right. it's like... Total, yeah, so I started thinking to myself, I need to figure out ways I can go to bed. Mm -hmm. Like, because if these thoughts are in my mind, um, I'm never going to be able to sleep. Yeah. Um, so I started looking up on YouTube, like, strategies and stuff like that, and I really started to learn the power of, like, meditation, mm -hmm. prayer, whether you are religious or not, just being grateful for something and trying to have faith in the future manifesting whatever you got going for you, yeah. not even just for yourself, praying for others as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I started to like really get into this whole mental health thing where I'm like reading books 
about growth and watching documentaries about how people are getting through their stuff. And I start to realize that like, um, I need to create some new practices within my life to help me get over this. And uh, a friend, Dimitri, he had a book called Superhuman by Habit. And I saw it out at the house. I read the back of it and I realized like, okay, this is something I can use. I read Superhuman by Habit and I realized like, oh, I can just start with little things, little habits that'll build up into big ones. Uh Um, Little morning routines that'll build up into a full day's worth of success. So I actually have these until today. And you know, when I tell people like I meditate, it's not something like I started recently. This was from back in 2013 all the way until now uh-huh. for, what is that, seven years straight now? Every single day. Yeah, discipline. And when I'm talking about praying, I'm talking about for the last seven years, every single day, no breaks off. Yeah. So I see it as like a consistency thing. You know, you can't just like pray once or pray when you need it, right? <laughs> right? Or you don't want to just meditate once a week. You want to really get yourself in this shape that you can be focused, not stressed, and attentive immediately. Right. Uh, mindful at all times, right? The reason why I used to get pulled over and, and uh, have mistakes happen to me where I locked my keys in the car and stuff is like because I wasn't mindful of what I was doing. I was just going through life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so... Um, I think the two key things that really helped me out is like the morning routine mm-hmm. and then also just like writing down my goals very often and writing in general. And that's even tying into me writing music. Uh-huh. Um, so writing, 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 because if you don't write it down, then there's never a plan of action around that specific thing you're trying to accomplish. Right. It's just like a thing in the back of your head that might come along one day. Right. Yeah. I love it. So, so can you take us through day in the life of L. Rich? Morning routine. Morning routine. Yeah. All right. So I wake up. I try not to get on my phone at all. Okay. I don't want to look at the internet. Again, like you're comparing yourself to people on there. Yeah. You're just doing all these things. It should be about you first. Yeah. Like, love it. I even told myself I don't even want to work in the first 30 minutes of my day because now I'm just immediately trying to like get my mind into going. Yeah. So it's like, okay, wake up, make the bed stretch, meditate, mm-hmm. pray, um, and then I take care of my hygiene, like take a shower, brush my teeth, um, stuff like that, and then I take care of stuff around the house, so like I'll pl- pick up my dog's poop, <laughs> um, I'll take them for a small walk, um, I'll put away all the dishes that were left out from the night before, mm-hmm. and you know, these small things are like huge wins at the end of the day because yeah. like sometimes if I'm waking up at 6 a.m. in the morning by the time 8 o'clock comes around I've already accomplished more than what other people accomplished in like by like right. noon right. <laughs> so definitely starting off with the stretch meditation and prayer is mm-hmm. good for me personally I don't know if other people can use that um, but the consistency is where you see results the consistency of doing it day to day rather than just when you need it right. and then the small types of tasks like making your bed and putting away the dishes that were left out from the day before yeah. dinner. Yeah. Those kind of things are just like, oh, cool. Now I've already got five quick wins in my day. Now let's go tackle a project. Right. And what's cool about it is like, I already have momentum going. Right. So I don't need to take 20 minutes to try to focus on something. My mind's already focused and I'm keyed in on the day. Right. Yeah. Love it. Are you single? I have a girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking? Not for me. Not for me. <laughs> Not because I would. That's You're hilarious. Podcast, but man. Yeah. Man, I feel like you just being a part of people's lives. Like I can just, man, lucky girl, lucky girl. So. Yes. Yesterday was our two years. Happy yes. anniversary. Yes. Yeah. 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 Shout out, man. Two two years. That's awesome. Yeah. So we have <laughs> daily discipline, daily goal yeah. setting, writing things down so that you can manifest them and it's not just like a fleeting idea. Yeah. I would now, love to talk about writing more in depth if you want to go that direction. Yeah, no, I, I want to know, um, I want to see how that transitions into you writing music. Okay. So the writing in general is what I was talking about before. Okay. And I try to do that like once a week. What do I need to do this week? Cool. I write them all down. I prioritize what's most important. And then I actually go into my Google Calendar and I block off time. So if people are like, hey, I've got a podcast Thursday at 2 p.m., I'm like, 
no, you got a podcast Thursday at 6 p.m. Right. Because I already got plans for that time. Right. Even if it's just something I had to work on for my brand, I'm unless I can push it back, I try not to not do it right. or say I'll do it tomorrow. Right. It's already written down for my task for that week. It's already blocked off time. So I'm trying to say execute, execute, execute. Right. Not I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Right. Um, furthermore, not only do I write like that, I have like journal style, right? Get my thoughts out on the paper. Because yeah. what I realize is what's keeping me up at night is my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Oh, this next business I want to start. Yeah. Or these sad feelings that I have from a while ago. And if you're not expressing those in any way, it's just going to keep you up. Right. So I write it down. Like, okay, let's get the thought out of my head. Yeah. If I want to continue this idea tomorrow or this, it could be an idea about like a new shirt that I want to make. It's going to keep going in my head, spiraling, oh, and then I can do this, then that. It's like, all right, I'm going to just write it down, turn my phone off, and now that it's there, I'm not going to, I'm able to force myself to go to sleep knowing that I can continue that tomorrow. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so that's writing for me as basis. If you look at my phone notes, there's like hundreds and hundreds of crazy things, ideas that are small, ideas that are huge. Yeah. Um, but furthermore, after the uh, suspension and stuff that mm -hmm. happened from school, me going into depression, that's when I really started to write music seriously. Like I wrote songs when I was like 12. I knew I was capable of doing it. I would played the drums since elementary school. Mm -hmm. um, I was in the band in middle school, mm -hmm. right? I was in choir in middle school. Um, so I knew a lot about music already, wow. yeah. but I never tried to create anything of my own. Mm -hmm. And I, I tried some songs, songs when I was younger but at that point, I was like, oh, I can take my writing skills and put it into a song. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I wrote Darwin's Law in 2014, the year while I was out of school. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Darwin's Law, is that, is that a single track? Is that... That is, a, that is one song okay. that's featured on a five-track EP. Okay. So I came out with an EP on July 3rd, so earlier this month. And that EP is five songs. Okay. And... I had, uh, uh, you know, two other songs on there that were more like club bangers and stuff that are, like, very uh, poppy. That's probably acceptable for anyone that hears it just because it has a catchy beat. Yeah. But I took them off because I wanted to say, you know what, I want this one to be a statement rather than a fun time. Right. And the statement I was trying to make in this one is, is a message that's very keyed in on how I grew up, who I am, the mindset that I have today, what do I have today, and what did I do to get myself there? Yeah. And so, like, what we're talking about now and, like, my, my, my story in general as a person, I put that in a song form over five tracks. Nice. And where can you find that? Um, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, um, Deezer, Google Play. So all of the uh, major um, platforms out there. Darwin's Law right now. Yep. Okay. L-Rich is the name. And then the song is called Darwin's Law. That's the one that I've been, I had a huge campaign around it where I was raising money mm -hmm. for people that were in my shoes, donating money, right? Um, so that one does have the most traction for sure. Um, the, this, I, I posted something on my Instagram the other day and I was like, what's your favorite track? It's been almost a month, what's your favorite yeah, track? Yeah. I tallied it up. A lot of people are liking this track called LSD, uh -huh. <laughs> um, which is actually about hallucinogens. Mm -hmm. um, I've experimented in that realm before, and okay. I feel like it... There's a Netflix documentary that released recently called Explained, mm -hmm. and it's talking about mental uh, stuff, and, and one of them was about like hallucinogens, like shrooms and, and LSD helping with depression, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of research right now on that. And, helping out with mental health. Right, and it, it, the reality is like I never wanted to release that song because I, I didn't know what my friends and family would think about me. Right. But if you listen to the song, it's actually not talking about the use for, not net, yeah, for fun, yeah. but it's talking about how I would plan on LSD and I would try to manifest things while I'm on LSD because my brain is a different way of thinking that I am on a regular day basis. Right, right. So maybe these will bring different wavelengths and help increase the productivity right. once I'm out of this trip and able to pursue forward. Right, right. Um, so I was using it in different ways to help excel me and that song is actually getting a lot of love from fans that I didn't even realize um, so I, yesterday I submitted it to 11 different labels, um, and I got an email back, and actually it was a great feedback, talking about the song's amazing, it sounds professional, I could read it word for word later, but he did say, unfortunately, it just doesn't fit our label. Sure. So I'm like, okay, hopefully one of these other 10 will write back yeah. saying, hey, 
we do mess with that. Maybe we were experimenting with it, with it too. Right. And we want we want to re-release your song with us. And bottom line, you're not going to know if you don't put it out there. Yes. I mean? Yeah. So, awesome. yeah, five songs on there. Um, personally, if you want to listen to that, um, my biggest marketing platform is Instagram. Mm -hmm. And the tag is at Lionel Richie. So L-I-O-N-E-L. R-I-C-H-I-E-E. -E. So there's two E's at the end. And in my bio, there's a, there's a link on there that leads you to pretty much all of my um, platforms. So whether you want to listen on YouTube or SoundCloud or Spotify, um, you just click that one button. It brings you directly, directly to my music page. All right. At Lionel Richie. Yep. With two E's. The brand. Okay. Exactly. Got it. All right. So right now, you got to <laughs> with the music. El Rich is is growing. So we, we've talked about the evolution of, of Lionel, and now we've got the arriving of, of El Rich. Yeah. Reaching out to, to um, you know, on different platforms, reaching out to different labels. Um, what is your what is your goal set right now look like with your music and, and where you are as a person? Like what what would make you feel like, you know what, I've I've arrived again, you know, I'm on top of the world, but it's a, it's a different type of position. Yeah. Uh, the goal with the music overall, like that I wrote down again, the, the, the power of writing thing <laughs> um, is I want to. So the mission for me underlying is like, I want to be able to, even though I might have some fun songs out there, I do want to continue talking about like um, inspirational stuff, yeah. really keying in on a message about, you know, people who are in my shoes and how they can actually get out of it. Yeah. Um, spreading that message is what's really going to drive me. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to have a, a, you know, a mission more than like money and fame. Yeah. And I think that's a good... Um, platform for my, me to take because I'm passionate about that. Right. Now, furthermore, um, I want to for sure like blow up on the songs, right? That's why I'm submitting them to labels and stuff. I produce, I produce four out of the five songs on there. I engineered everything on the EP, so like what they call mix and mastering, right. making it sound like radio ready and full and loud enough. Yeah. Um, because I'm doing all this myself, I'm actually really starting to believe in myself as an artist. Yeah. And um, I do want to tour, right? Uh, touring makes some decent money, and you're selling tickets, you're selling merch, you're actually bringing in revenue at the end of the day. Right, right. So I want to promote myself, promote myself, promote myself, promote my mission on mm -hmm. radio shows, yeah. on podcasts, with newspapers, with bloggers, um, with fashion, brand, um, kind of ambassador um, initiatives, stuff like right. that. And through getting my name out and continuously dropping good music, right. I'm hoping that when I hit 10,000 streams, mm -hmm. um, and I'm at 5,000 right now, All right. that I can look at the data and say, okay, here's five cities that I have more than 300 listeners. Mm -hmm. Are there venues in these cities that have just like a 200, 250 person occupancy? Yes. Cool, thinking of myself as a business, can I create a tour around these five cities or 10 right. cities, whatever it is? Right. And um, do sponsored ads in the area, post something on my Instagram saying, hey, thank you all for listening. If you're in these cities and you want to be a part of my street team, you know, sell 10 tickets, you got yourself a free one. Yeah. Sell 15 tickets, you got yourself a free shirt. Sell 20 tickets, you and I are all going to dinner. Right. Nice. I would love to meet you and talk to you and actually get to know you because you're helping me out too. Nice. And so the plan is to like really analyze the data long term and then create a tour around it and actually be able to make money mm -hmm. off my music. Um, not saying that like it's about the money, but like at the end of the day right now I'm furloughed. <laughs> so I don't have a job. Right. I really got to start thinking about things on how I can invest my time and have an ROI on it. But again, still have a message where I'm spreading a positive message. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and the biggest thing that I've heard over the course of this podcast is that you, again, um, ever since you were a child, very young, you are giving, giving, giving to others, it, which is fine and it's a beautiful thing. But the birth of your becoming a survivor is when you actually started with giving to yourself. 
investing in yourself, creating a business around yourself and your brand. And not to say that you're no longer giving to others, but it starts with you. And that's the yeah. most important thing. And finding your purpose for your pain, you're, you're getting it out in the writing. You're writing music. You're writing uh, journal entries. You're writing a list of goals. Yeah. You're, you're documenting your progress uh, in the process. I love it, man. Thank you so much for, for sharing uh, this this empowering story of, of the life of Lionel as a survivor <laughs> and El Rich as, as, I mean, doing the damn thing. Out Thank there, you. I you really know? appreciate it. Um, let me know how to, how I can sell some tickets because I'm trying to, continue, <laughs> you know, continue the conversations, you know. And, uh, and I, I think it's a beautiful thing. So for the uni audience to get in touch with you, on IG, they go to Lionel Richie. Yeah, two, two E's. e's yeah, right? got to say that Lionel part. With two E's. <laughs> and then, yeah, because we don't want no problems. No problems with the podcast. Hello? <laughs> Is it me looking for? Oh, that's a voice. I know, right? I it, might have my next feature. I have my next feature. People did not even know. People call me B. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what they're calling me on the streets today. But what I will say, Lionel, to get in touch with you, uh, we got the gram. Um, how else can we get in touch with you? What are you um, anyone that has like a serious inquiry that they want to collaborate on as far as events or just yes. any venture goes, uh, my email address is soundsbyleo at gmail.com. Awesome. So soundsbyleo okay. at gmail.com. Too easy. Yep. Get in touch with this man. You're, you are an inspiration, and I'm sure it would be amazing. It would be fire anything that somebody collaborates with you on, man. Thank you so much for coming to the Uni Podcast where you heard all this first. We're at GTV Radio, man. It's This is just so... We're going so hard right now in the paint. I, I feel like I should be wearing a jersey with two things on, man. I swear to goodness. Shout out GTV Radio. Shout out Uni Podcast. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, sir. you having me. Th again, thank you all around because this is going to help me get the word out and potentially help me get that progress. And I really enjoy talking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels good to talk about it. Very good. Thank <laughs> you for surviving. And thank you to those people again who reached out with love and compassion yes because and thank you to music man i just i have so much love for just music in general um because it's helping so many people survive and i'm just thankful i'm grateful to have you sitting right here man telling your story so keep keep doing it man thank you all so much for your time today i'm your host bianca mccall remember connect create be constructive help me and the many others doing amazing things in the space of suicide prevention and reach in to give permission to those in crisis to reach out please i welcome for you to share your thoughts your feelings your efforts or the efforts of others in your communities with me please you can find me on youtube on ig on facebook under my agency's name desert rose counseling group or you can find me on linkedin under my name Bianca McCall. We also have a website where we'll be posting our podcasts and updates on information. And until next time, stay safe, be well, be heroes.